Uh, if you have your Bible, I'm, I'm wondering where my Bible is, right here. If you got your Bible, open up to Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah chapter 55. <clears throat> and what I'm going to do here, what I'm going to do for a second is I'm going to set up the series, and then I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to preach the message for today. Does that make sense? So this first text I want to take us to, Isaiah chapter 55, verse 10 and 11, is something that came out of my personal time reading God's Word this past week. I actually shared it with our small group Wednesday night. Uh, I think it was like Tuesday night that I, or Tuesday morning that I read it first, and it stuck out to me, and I, I shared it with our, our small group that night. But I'm going to make it the theme verse for the whole series. I'm not even preaching on this verse today. It's just the whole series kind of focus. And again, it's not really coming so much out of me looking in the Bible, looking for something. It came out of me just spending time. I've been reading through the book of Isaiah, and it's just been, it's what kind of stood out to me. And I thought, okay, you know, we're always studying different books. I'm always studying the book of the Bible, but I'm also studying the book of culture. I'm studying the book of our congregation. And there's also the book of self. So Seth also comes out in these, these messages. And I got to be paying attention to what God is doing in me as well. And so this felt like not only something God's doing in me, but also something that we all needed to hear. Here's what it says. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it will accomplish that which I purpose, and it will succeed in the thing for which I sent it out. Like the rain comes down, so the word of God, when it falls on us, like the water that nourishes the ground and waters it and gives to it what it needs, so shall my word be that falls on us and then does a similar thing that water does when it hits the ground and makes flowers come up or grass or whatever come up. That's, that's the image. I actually had uh, Jackie Rathgaber, I actually had her change the image. We had an image of a sword for this series. And, and it was like Friday night where I was like, we need a new image. And I don't want it of the sword, which would be an appropriate connection to the word of God. Uh, that'd be an appropriate connection. Uh, Ephesians and Hebrews. Yeah, they're, the sword is like the word of God. But I was like, no, I want something like cloudy, rainy, something. Water coming down because that's going to be our kind of focus. Because, and that's just how I felt God was saying that's where we need to be going. Um, this summer, I got a new jacket. This is my new jacket. Yep. This bad boy is the bomb diggity, okay? I'm just going to tell you, next to my guns, this is my most expensive hunting piece of equipment, okay? This thing's insanely expensive, and, but 
But I bought this this summer because I really wanted some rain gear when I go out west and all this kind of stuff. And it's a rain jacket, and I had some extra money kind of saved up. I was like, oh, hallelujah, what am I going to do with it? And so I finally got the jacket I've kind of always wanted, this jacket right here. Well, this past week, I was out bow hunting, and I looked at the weather forecast, and there was going to be rain. And I was so excited the night before. I was so excited. This was Thursday night. I think it was Thursday night and Friday it was going to be raining. And I looked at it and it was like raining. And I have, I've never been able to like justify wearing this jacket out there. But I was like, I get to wear my new jacket. And so I wake up Friday morning and I look at like, it was like five in the morning. I look at my, the forecast and the, it wasn't going to be raining. It wasn't going to be raining. And I was like, I don't care. I'm wearing it. I'm wearing it just in case. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. And so I got to wear my new jacket Friday doing some bow hunting, and uh, it was just so exciting. But I, I wanted it to rain. I wanted it to rain. I felt like one of those farmers in Nebraska, maybe a little like they probably have better reason when they want it to rain. But I felt like those guys. I wanted it to rain because I wanted to use my jacket, right? And like a farmer, this summer we've been in a, we've been in kind of a drought, right? And we just, we want it to rain because stuff's dying and stuff's drying out and stuff's not. And so we want it to fall upon us. We want it to come and get us wet. And so it is with God's word. We want, like, we want it to rain. I want it to, Lord, come and, Rain down, rain down. I, I wanted to nourish me and grow me and do something in me. And yet, so often what I hear from people is, I don't know how. I don't know how to read the Bible. I don't know what I'm looking for. I don't, it's confusing. It's, it, I, I, I don't know where to start. I don't know where, where would I go first. Um. What should I be looking for? Is it, am I, what's the focus? All the stuff. And we come up with excuse after excuse after excuse to not read the Bible. And so this series really is, is I almost think it's maybe out of the five years that we've been uh, worshiping together, it's maybe the most, um, I'm, I'm trying to make this series as, this isn't the right phrase here, but like I want to equip you is my feel, that's my feeling behind this. I want to equip you with some takeaways over the next couple of weeks of how could I read the Bible? So this would be an absolutely great series to like take some notes on, write down a couple of the thoughts. Each, each week, I'm going to give you two takeaway thoughts. Each week, we're going to take away two thoughts. That's all it's going to be, two thoughts about how to read the Bible. And you should have those on a little note card, in my opinion. Throw them in your Bible and just kind of keep it there so you can just pull them out once in a while and look at them. Not that they're the most amazing thoughts or something. These are just some of the thoughts I'm going to bring. Are there more than the thoughts I'm going to give? Yes, there's a ton more thoughts. But these are the ones I'm going to give to you over the next couple of weeks. And I want us to just think about how would we start reading the Bible? What would that look like? And my desire is not just for Christians in the room. 
My desire is you might be an atheist, agnostic, or a skeptic. I want you to be paying attention to this particular way in which I would suggest we should be reading the Bible as well because it might even challenge you. Because see, here's the deal. Some of, you, some of you atheists and agnostics, you know your Bible sometimes better than Christians, which is always kind of embarrassing to me. But but you know your Bibles pretty well and you've looked at different sections and you've thought about things in different ways uh, about the Bible. And so I actually think this series could be intriguing to you too. And so that's my hope and prayers that this would be a series not only for the Christian in the room, but for the atheist and agnostic and skeptic as well. How do we, how, where do we go? Uh, my, here's, here's my main kind of, one, one of my main series points is just, you gotta just start you got to just start reading it. And what I can promise you is if you just start reading the Bible, it'll start to rain. Now, it might be a drizzle. It might, I don't know. I'm not making any crazy promises other than when we engage it. you got to engage it. you got to start somewhere. Okay? you got to just start reading it. It's kind of the John Wayne thought. How did you, John, how do you walk? Duke, how do you walk? Well, I put one foot in front of the other. Well, how do you read the Bible? Well, you read one word, then you read the next one, then you read the next one, and all of a sudden you're reading sentences, and then all of a sudden you're reading paragraphs, and then you're reading chapters, and then you're reading, right? I mean, there's something about this series where we need to start by just saying, yeah, just start reading it. Just get into it. Now, I want to give you the most practical thought right on the front end. What would I suggest to you in terms of starting to read the Bible? Well, this is, I've, I've taken people I'm to different places over the years. Where would you start reading the Bible? Should I just start in Genesis and just work my way through? I don't encourage people to do that. Some people encourage people to do that. That's fine. What I encourage people to do usually is start reading the book of Matthew. I like the book of Matthew. Some people like the, the gospel of John or Luke. Or, they're all good. I like pointing people to Matthew because I like that Matthew especially focuses on Jesus as king. And his kingly kind of reign, and who is this Jesus guy? And Matthew, I think, does a good job of that and kind of keeps it simple enough. I encourage people to read Matthew. Then I encourage people to usually jump to the book of Acts. And again, you can go wherever the heck you want. I want to encourage you, though, in this series to just start reading it. Okay? But I'd encourage you something like Matthew, maybe jump to Acts. And then I was sitting here thinking about this. Where would I encourage people now? I don't know. I like Ephesians. I'd push you to probably 1 Peter and maybe then 1 John. What I like about that, the way I just said it, is that you've now engaged with five different biblical authors. I kind of like that. You've engaged with Matthew, Luke wrote Acts, you'll end up engaging with Paul who wrote Ephesians, and you get a really clear and concise uh, kind of description of the gospel, in my opinion, from Ephesians chapter 2. Uh, you engage with 1 Peter, Peter wrote 1 Peter, and he engages people who are really suffering, so a lot of times people are going through incredible challenges, so I think 1 Peter might be really appropriate. And then 1 John, who doesn't love John? Uh, first John is just loaded with good stuff. You can go wherever the heck you want. Then maybe, man, I, I, there's so many places I want to go though. But I, you know, I would want to take you to Romans. 
Uh, obviously, that's just so great. But maybe at some point you jump back to Genesis and look at Genesis, Exodus. I did the math. If you're reading Matthew and Acts and like Ephesians, and if you're reading a half a chapter a day, okay, follow me here. If you're reading a half a chapter a day, don't read a full chapter. Stop trying to take too much on. Just a half a chapter a day. Um... And you only do it, even a commitment of like five days a week. That'll take you to like Easter, I think. I, I did a couple different, maybe it was Pentecost. I don't know, somewhere around there. If you start today, a half a chapter a day, read through Matthew, read through Acts, read through like Ephesians or whatever, and then let it take you to like Easter-ish, Pentecost-ish, somewhere around there. Can you do that? Why would you do that? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. Let's pray. <clears throat> Lord, I'm excited about this series because I don't know if there's anything better uh, than talking about you and your word to your people. I just can't imagine anything better than that. And God, the idea today of, 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 of attempting to get us to think about how best are some tips or some ways in which we can faithfully read your word, I just pray that you would uh, help us in that today. Come now and, and be in this place as you teach us these two kind of thoughts today. And may they enter into our hearts, and may your word now come and speak over us, Lord. May it, may it feel like a, a light drizzle at first, maybe, and then a little bit heavier rain that would come and nourish the nourish our souls. Lord, we need you to speak into our lives. So come now and fall afresh upon us, Lord. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh upon us. Move in this place now. Help me to just be faithful in sharing what you once said, not a word more and not a word less than that. In Jesus' name, amen. Each week is two different, uh, two different takeaways. Today's two takeaways are this. What are, the, what are some of the benefits of reading the Bible? We're just going to look at that kind of a little bit. What are the benefits of reading the Bible? And then the other is, what is the main point or the main key to unlocking how we should be reading the Bible? And the main focus of the Bible and what it's really all about. And then next week, we're going to give you two more thoughts. And then the week after, two more thoughts. And the week after, two more thoughts. And we're just going to start building up some different ways of thinking about how to read the Bible. Today, what are some of the benefits? I'm going to give you three benefits. We could sit here and talk about five or 20 or 30 different benefits. I'm going to share three with you. The first benefit of reading the Bible is that when we read the Bible, we actually hear the Word of God. Now, what does that mean? What does that mean? Uh, there's actually kind of been some movements that have taken place in different circles where people will say something like, well, the Bible contains the Word of God. Okay? Or the, you know, there's parts of it that are the word of God, but not necessarily everything that's the word of God. We would reject that and we would say, no, the, it is the word of God. It's the word of God. And so when I read the Bible, I actually get to hear God's word 
being spoken to me. Now, there's, there's um, more work would really need to be done to really get into this, but just to stay simple, to stay simple, I want to take us to 1 John chapter 1, uh, verses 3 through 4. 1 John chapter 1, verses 3 through 4. And I want to show you a connection in here. Now, we will be moving around the Bible a little bit, just FYI. Look at this. John is writing this and he says, That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you so that you too may have fellowship with us. So John is saying, we have seen some things and we have heard some things. And now we proclaim that to you. We speak it out, right? Watch this. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ, and we are writing these things, notice that, so that our joy may be complete. This is a really, this is, a, this is one of the simpler verses to me that made sense to try to connect to you this idea that John has heard some things, okay? He has seen some things. The church has seen and heard things. They've proclaimed it, and now they're also writing it down. Do you see that? Do you see what I'm making the connection to? That when we read the writings of the Bible, we're also, we're getting the word of God. Do you see that? We're getting the things that have been seen and the things that have been heard and the things that have been proclaimed. And we can actually read it in the writings where it's been written down. See, I nerd out on some of this stuff. Some of you, I know I'm losing on this point. You'll catch some of the other points. That's okay. Follow me, some of you that want to follow me for a second. Jump to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 20. says, the, uh, starting in verse 19. This is the Apostle Paul writing this. He says, So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Well, what is the church of God, the household of God? What is it built on? What's it going to be built on? And this is an interesting connection here that Paul makes. It's going to be built on what? The foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. That'll be a point I talk on more later. But right here, all I want you to see is Paul is connecting here the apostles and what is happening through their ministry, the apostles, okay, to the prophets. And so he's connecting the, the work and activity of God in the scriptures from the Old Testament prophets and their writings now to the New Testament and its writings. So we're not just built on, you know, Genesis through, you know, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, but it's all the way through also now Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. The apostles are going to be part of this as well. So all I'm saying here is this. That's all I'm saying. Here's my one point. When we read the Bible, we actually are getting to hear, we're getting to uh, read the word of God. Now, for some of you, you're like, well, that, I, that's, I, you didn't even need to explain that or something. I just kind of believe that to be true. That's fine. 
And if that's where you're at, that's kind of where I'm at in a lot of ways on this as well. But when we read the Bible, we actually get to hear the, the word of God. What, what, what's better than that? Don't you want to hear the word of God? The word, him, him talking to you and saying to you the things that he'd want to say to you? Wouldn't you love that? You know, I hear people sometimes say, I heard God say to me. Okay, maybe, maybe not. I hear God, you know, I, I've never heard this audible voice. Seth Kunze, at least. Some of you have, and that's fine. But if that audible word that was spoken to you is contrary to my Bible, see, now we got a problem. Now we got a problem. And if that audible word said to you something that is kind of like, go buy this or go do this, then I'm kind of like, okay, maybe, maybe not. You know, you let that, let that be and let the, you know, maybe that is. And that totally could be. And I, I really actually believe that it could be. But it is, it is the Bible where we can open it up and hear it and we can know that I am hearing the word of God. So if you were to ask me, have you, heard the, have you heard the word of God? I would say, yeah, every morning. Every morning I'm hearing the word of the Lord. And I'm opening it up and I'm letting it speak into my life. And I think you can say the same thing. So if you're saying to me, I've never heard the word of God, then I would challenge you to go home and open up your Bible and start reading it. You, you follow my thought there. I guess my, my challenge is so many people say that to me. I've never heard the word of God. And I'm kind of like, okay, well, go open up your Bible and start into it. That's where we hear the word of God is in the Bible. Can he speak to you while you're driving down the road in, in an audible voice? Sure. I'm not going to, God can do whatever he wants to do. But I can't say for sure that today when you get in your car and you go drive down the road that you're going to hear the audible voice of God. I can't tell you that. What I can tell you is if you go home and you open up your Bible, you will hear the word of God. You see that? So that's just one benefit is that when you read the Bible, we actually we get the word of God. Him speaking into our life. That's just one of the three benefits here I'm going to share with you. The second benefit is that it protects us from error. <clears throat> it slowly over time as we grow and as we do it in community, community, that'll be a whole nother thing I'm going to give you in a couple weeks. But over time, uh, it actually begins to protect us from error. I, I like what I see in Acts chapter 17. Acts chapter 17 When some of these Jewish folks are hearing the word proclaimed to them about Jesus, it says this in verse 11. Now these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word, which was being proclaimed to them, with all eagerness. And then it says this. They were examining the scriptures daily to see if this stuff is even true. You know, when Seth stands up here and I proclaim the gospel or I proclaim a word to us as a congregation, we should be examining the scriptures to seeing if these things are true. Because I can stand up here and say stuff, but if it's not going back to the word of God, 
then you, can say, you could say something like, well, maybe that's right, Seth, and maybe it is, and maybe that's a nice thought. But, and, and so it's okay to have opinions even on things and say things with kind of a earthly wisdom, fair enough. But when we're talking about the word of God, and when we're saying like, this is the word of the Lord, then we want it to be the word of the Lord. And so we're examining that and we're saying, yeah, is that true? And is that right? See, what we oftentimes do, and this is kind of the problem I'm seeing today with the, the amount of information we can get, and, and I'd be really cautious of this, is we come up against something theologically or we have a question about something and we're like, okay, what's my first move? What's your first move when that happens? You go to Google. Yeah, you're Googling it and you're YouTubing it. And so you wonder about something like, um, I don't know, pick your theological thought. Why is there evil in the world? And so you pull up YouTube and you bring up YouTube and you get a guy in his basement and you get a guy up in the pulpit and you don't know exactly who you're supposed to be listening to. And you get, you know, you just don't know. And literally, there's one guy saying this thing, and there's another guy saying this thing, and there's another gal saying this thing, and everybody's saying stuff, and you're like, what should I do? It's when we examine the scriptures, it's when we open up the word of God that we are able to actually say, no, I don't think that's right, buddy, or yeah, that's, that is right, because here it is. And so it's God's word that is the authority on that. Not your opinion, not your thought. I'm amazed. I am amazed by how many people say stuff and they think it's from the Bible. I'm amazed how many people think that. I wonder even sometimes in my own mind if there's things that I have that I'm like, is that, wait, is that even in the Bible? You know what I'm saying? And because it's kind of this wisdom literature thing and it seems nice, it sounds kind of good. But is it even in there? So I think it begins to protect us from error. That's just a benefit of being in the Bible. Is you'll start to, 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 to understand what might be being said is right or wrong or not right or whatever it might be. Maybe I'm not supposed to send my check in and get the Mercedes. Maybe I just shouldn't do that because I don't really see where that says it. You know what I mean? And see, that's where it'll start to be the need for a kind of a, a, a being in the word. And, 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 and there's going to be some other teachings I'm going to bring, like where scripture interprets scripture and some of those pieces I'm going to share too. But you know, this is why reading it more and more and building it out fuller and fuller and fuller for the rest of your life. For the rest of your life. You don't ever arrive at understanding the Bible fully or something like that. No, no. We're in this thing the rest of our lives. And it's the coolest thing ever. When God takes me to a, a, a story or something where I was like, okay, I got that one figured out, and I go on, and then 10 years later you come back and it just rocks your world in a whole new, brand new way that you didn't even know was possible or something like that. You ever have that happen? All the time, baby. So it protects us from errors. That's just another little benefit. And the last one is that we get transformed by it. It can actually transform our lives. And the proof in the pudding on this is actually, uh, I'm going to go very specifically into the context of faith. The gift of faith that's given to us. From Romans chapter 10, uh, verse 17, it says this, 
Faith comes by hearing. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. It shouldn't surprise us that faith would come to us this way. That faith actually comes through the word. Uh, Remember Genesis chapter 1. How does light come about? In the beginning God created, right? And he says, let there be light. And there's light. And we come up against Jesus in the New Testament, right? And he's saying to a little dead girl, he's saying, rise up, sweetheart. And what happens? She just rises up. She's just gotta. And he comes up in, uh, uh, up against somebody who's got a demon inside of them and he says, be gone. And they just have to go. Why? Because he speaks it out. And see, this is actually how faith comes into your heart and into your life. Faith, which is a gift, Ephesians 2, that's been given to you, came to you through the Word of God. That's how it comes to us. Right here. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the Word of Christ. This is a, when faith enters your heart, this is that moment of regeneration. It's this moment of uh, uh, being, you know, what you'd maybe say is like born again kind of stuff, right? So How much more transformed is it than that? New life that comes to you through the word of God. And so if faith is given to us in the word of God, is it maybe not strengthened in us as we spend time in his word? There's different ways that faith gets strengthened. Faith can be strengthened through suffering. There's different ways in which faith might be strengthened. But as we spend time in his word, Not only are we maybe gifted the gift of faith in that, but faith is strengthened as well as we spend time in his word. And so it's going to transform your life. It's going to teach you different things. I mean, there's so many things that we could talk about. It's going to teach you stuff. It's going to challenge you and stuff. It's going to be all sorts of things, but it will transform your life as we spend time in his word. Why would you not spend time in the Bible? You're crazy. You're not spending time in the Bible and you're a Christian. You're crazy. If you're not a Christian, I get it. I get it. But if you're a Christian and you're not spending time in your Bible, you're crazy. There's just three quick little benefits that are absolutely amazing for our life uh, as Christians. So spending time in his word is just a benefit. Now you might say, that still doesn't teach me how to read the Bible. Fair enough, that's maybe one I'm slipping in here a little bit on the front end of the series. This next one is definitely starting to move towards how to do it. How would I actually start to read the Bible? This is that key. This is the main point of the Bible is this. Uh, Because here's the deal. And I have this phrase up on the screen. You can read the whole Bible. You can read the entire Bible from Genesis to Revelation and you can miss the point. You can read the whole Bible and miss the point. See, the Bible is not the Bible is not mostly a history book. Now it is. It is a history book. There's history in it. It's it's the story of the world. I get it. But it's not necessarily trying to capture every like it's not thinking necessarily it has to be historically um Like, it's got to be a history piece. It's not a science book. 
It's not primarily a science book. Now, there's sciencey stuff in here, but it's not primarily a science book. Uh, the Bible is not a self-help book. It is not something that we get, and it's just... Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's not a self-help book. It's not even a book that's meant to answer all of your questions. It's, it's not meant to answer all of your questions. And so is it all historically accurate? Yes. Is all the sciencey stuff in here going to be accurate? Yes. But is it primarily those things? See, I would argue it's the Bible. The Bible is about God. The Bible is about God. It's, it's the story. It's a book of salvation. It's the story of salvation. It's the story of the world. It's God in Genesis creating, redeeming, and restoring all of us. It's the story of the world. It's the story of of. of of salvation. And so when you interact with the Bible and you're like, man, it's got to solve all my scientific-y like questions. Well, maybe that's not what it's trying to do. Well, why doesn't this, you know, why isn't the history laid out the way that I read other history books? Well, maybe it's just because it's not necessarily what it's trying to point to is answering all your questions that you think are the most important questions. What if it's really a story it's a story of reality. I know some of you get freaked out about the way I'm saying some of this, but just, it's the story of reality. It is reality. But it's the story ultimately about God. And the main point of the story, if you miss it, you miss the whole thing. And so you can read through the whole Bible and you can miss the main point. And for this, i got to take us to John chapter 5. John chapter 5. This is Jesus interacting with some of the religious leaders who knew their Bibles way better than you do. They knew their Bibles way better than you do. Now, was John chapter 5, looking at verse 39. Uh, no, 37. <clears throat> and this is Jesus talking. He says this, And the Father who sent me has himself borne witness about me. His voice you have never heard. His voice you have never heard. His form you have never seen. And you do not have his word abiding in you. For you do not believe the one whom he has sent. You search the scriptures. They knew, their, they knew the scriptures so well. They, they had chunks of this bad boy memorized. Okay? They knew this stuff in and out. You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. And it is they that bear witness about me. Yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. If you read the entire Bible, but you miss Jesus, you will have missed the main point of the Bible. 
and you've not read the Bible right. It's like going to Chick-fil-A and ordering a salad and saying, hold the chicken. You're crazy. And there's some of you that do that. You go to Chick-fil-A and you've ordered a salad. What the? You don't go to Chick-fil-A and order the salad. You're going to Chick-fil-A, you're getting the chicken, and you're getting the Chick-fil-A sauce, and you're going to put as much of that Chick-fil-A sauce on there. And once you've done that, now you've experienced Chick-fil-A. You know what I'm saying? But if you're reading through the Word, and you're missing Jesus, and you're catching all this other little stuff, and you're getting the salad without chicken, you're missing the point. This bad boy, from beginning to end, is pointing to Jesus. It's pointing to Jesus every step of the way. Every step of the way. It's the story of reality, and so there's absolutely going to be history, accuracy in here. Of course, it's because it's real. It's, it's reality. It's the way it really is. Of course, there's going to be sciencey stuff in there because it's reality. It's the way it really is. But it, it's maybe approaching it from a different perspective because then the way you sometimes you're sitting in your, your computer with you looking up YouTube videos because it's trying to ultimately drive you to Jesus. Because he's the focus. He's the focus. So how does that... So when I open up my Bible and I read the, the book of Judges, now Judges took place 1,300 years before Jesus ever showed up. How does that, what is that, how would that connect to Jesus, you might say? Well, as I read through Judges, I might get little information about Gideon and Samson and, 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 and um, different people. Why, why am I missing the chick right now? Who's the chick? Deborah, thank you. Uh, you know, I might get some of those things. I might learn some stuff about their faith or not their faith. But as soon as I make it about something like, man, how could I be more like Samson when he's good? And how can I be less like Samson when he's bad? And how can I be more like Gideon when he's walking in faith and be less like Gideon when he's not and be more like Deborah over here? As soon as it becomes about what works, see, see how you've just spun now your reading of Judges? It's all about you and what you're going to try to kind of manipulate in the text for yourself? See, judges, I would argue, ends with, and they're all doing what they want to be doing. There's no king in the land. Judges is ultimately pointing you to, holy smokes, humanity, look at what it's going to look like if we don't have a king and a good king and a faithful king and someone who actually knows what the heck they're doing in, 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 who's reigning and ruling over us. Holy smokes, we really need 1,300 years later, the Jesus who comes riding in on a donkey to save us from our sin, death, and the power of the enemy. It is pointing to Jesus. You're missing it because you're actually reading the text from a standpoint, which is pretty classic of the West right now, which is pretty much from a classic uh, 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 worldview where there's good and there's bad, and if I do enough good, it outweighs the bad. <clears throat> That's how a lot of you are reading the text. And so you're reading it like, okay, how can I be a little better? How can I be a little less bad? And you're missing Jesus. You're missing God. Uh, the Passover. You know, you, you, you could go read like uh, the story of um, 
Moses. And, and they put the blood over the doorposts of the, and, and, uh, the doorposts of their, uh, to be saved. You know, and you go, you jump forward to what is it, 2 Corinthians or 1 Corinthians, one of the Corinthians, where Jesus, our Passover lamb, has been crucified. He's been slain for us, right? It's always pointing to Jesus. It's always pointing to his making us, his redeeming us, is restoring us. It's, it's, we're, we're thinking about Jesus dying on the cross for our sins and saving us, rising from the dead victoriously to defeat death. It's pointing us to Jesus. You know, one of the only descriptions of Jesus' physical form that we get is from Revelation chapter one. Go look at what Jesus looks like in Revelation chapter one. It's pointing us to Jesus. Yes, who's on the cross, but also one in Revelation 1 who holds the stars in his hand. There's like flames coming out of his eyes and stuff. Go check some of that out. It's pointing to Jesus who's going to come one day and return to restore all things and make all things new. I'm going to take us to two more texts and I'm going to be done. Luke chapter 24, verse 21. This This is Easter Sunday. Easter Sunday, that day, sometime in the afternoon or something. Two guys are walking down the road. They're walking to Emmaus. Jesus shows up. He just died on the cross three days earlier. He's just risen from the dead. He now meets these two guys. They don't know who he is. And Jesus starts asking them, what what are you guys doing in Jerusalem? What were you doing there? They're like, you don't know what's been happening? And then they say this. Because they said, our chief priests and rulers delivered. They're talking about Jesus being killed. And then look at verse 21. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things have happened. What's the problem there? They don't know their Bible. That was the problem. These guys didn't know their Bibles. Because when they went and looked at the writings, they missed the point. They missed who Jesus was. They missed who God was. Because look at this. Jesus himself, he's got to explain it. Verse 27, and beginning where? Where does Jesus start? He starts in their Bibles. And beginning with Moses and the prophets, he interpreted to them, in all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. You see that? The Bible is pointing to Jesus. Jesus dying on the cross for your sins, saving you, giving you hope and a future, and one day getting to be with him for all of eternity. That's what the Bible it's all about. So when you go read through Isaiah next week, you got to be looking at it through that lens. When you go read through Matthew next week, look at it through that lens. When you go look at wherever you go, the Psalms, the Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, when you go read it, don't miss Jesus or you'll be missing the whole point. Ah, this isn't it. This isn't the only way in which we read the Bible. It's not the only lens. That's why stick around for the series. Every week you're going to walk away with two 
key pieces to what it means, the lenses by which we engage God's word. Today, you're crazy if you're not engaging the Bible because of its benefits. Not if you're a Christian. If you're an atheist, agnostic, or a skeptic or something, I'm kind of like, I get it, you know, I'd, there's maybe other things, I'd, I'd rather watch a movie or something. Okay, man, if we're followers of Jesus and we want to be rained upon, we want the rain to come because we want to be nourished and we, it's dry and deserty feel and feels like there's everything inside of me is broken and so I want something from outside of me to come and, and if that outside thing could be the voice of God, oh my gosh, I want to be in this thing so that I can receive its benefits and let it constantly point me to Jesus. That's where I want to be fixated. I want to be fixated. Uh, uh, Hebrews 12-ish or something. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author, the perfecter of your salvation. I'm gonna, I want to just be fixated on him. And this is going to do that. It's going to just keep pointing you back to Jesus. We'll just come back for some more stuff next week. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this incredible topic. I mean, there's, Lord, as I think about if I knew that I was going to die today, I think the one thing I'd want everybody to hear from me, the last thing I'd want them to hear is that they are loved by you and that I'd encourage them to read their Bibles. I think that's what I would do. If I knew this was the last thing I was going to say, that, that you love them and you died for them and you saved each person in this room, whether they're a Christian or not a Christian, you saved every single one of us through your death on the cross and you love us. We can turn to you today and that we can be in your word and we can be hearing from you on a daily basis, not just Sunday morning. Every day we can be opening up your word and receiving the benefits and blessings that come from it. And I just thank you, Jesus, that it is so clear from your word that when we open it up, we will be met with a word that's constantly pointing us to you. I know, forgive me, Lord, for where I miss that. Forgive me for where I try to turn it into a, 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 it's all about me, what I want, what I think I need. Forgive me for that, Lord. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for where I've fallen short in the use of your word. Give us the courage, Lord. Give us the strength to take that step, to just be in it. At two verse, at whatever level anybody wants to start, maybe it's just a verse a day. Just give that person in the room who's wanted to do this but doesn't, I don't know, doesn't know how or finds excuses or give that person the courage to just set aside the time. Two minutes, literally it could be. Five minutes, whatever. 10 seconds, whatever. To just engage your word and let you speak to us, God. I pray that this next week for somebody in this room, I pray for all of us, would just be a week where we get to engage your word and hear from you. And where we're confused, where we get, you know, we don't know what's going on in this text, what's it supposed to be saying. Help us to just not stress. Lord, help us to not stress and instead turn to you. 
and let you just keep speaking to us, gently talking to us. You know, I think of, Lord, my kids. When they're little like that, and you're just you telling them something, sometimes they don't understand. But over time, as we just talk, over time, as we just talk to them, they get it eventually. So God, just keep talking to us. Keep speaking to us. We thank you that you'll do that every time we open up that Bible. Thank you, Jesus. We love you.